Yo, what's up, man? This is Jason DeBeas. This episode is brought to you by NY Varsity Sports. That's me. That's me. The NYV. Let's get cracking, boy. This is episode 37 of Sports Debate Tuesday, and the episode starts right now. <laughs> Guess who's back? Vacation. <laughs> Guess who's back? Unshaven. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? What's up, people? Sports Debate Tuesday along with my man, Rob. Keep it McLean. I'm Jason DeBias. We are your hostess. Host with the most. Hostess with the most. Let's get out of here with that. What's up, Bobby McGee, man? This is a packed weekend, but we're going to try to fit it in 50 minutes. But we got a lot to talk about. Okay, we got um, UFC kick hurt around the world, man. We're going to talk about Impa losing his O had to go. We're um, going to talk about Dak Prescott, that just gruesome injury that, man, he almost, he, he just knew right away, right? He was just pointing at his ankle. We got, um, Someone's O has to go this week. There's only five undefeated teams. We're going to discuss um, who's going to lose, who's O's going to go first. But first, let's go to the NBA. LeBron James. The Lakers win four games to two. The last game they win 106 to 93. LeBron James, his fourth title. LeBron James, his fourth finals MVP. LeBron James trying to make his way to the Mount Rushmore of the NBA, when many thought he wasn't even qualified for the Mount Rushmore of the Lakers. In my opinion, he has not passed Jordan. And I hate the comparisons, and it's unfair. But I think he has passed Magic, and he has passed Bird. The question is, Rob, this win yesterday on National Father's Daughter's Day, big tribute to Kobe Bryant, what does this win do for LeBron's legacy? Um, <clears throat> I think this win just further cements his legacy as one of the greatest players in NBA history, if not the top five uh, NBA players right now. You know, it doesn't have to wait till uh, his career is over. You could just say it what it is right now. <clears throat> He's a, you know, a, a, a difference maker, a generational talent uh, that in any single uh, and this is the way I like to explain him. No matter what the the place in history, he will be the same type of dominant player, if not more dominant. And, and I only meaning that because the ball needs to be passed around to kind of score. Now, back in the day, you know, if you're that dominant of a scorer, they just get you the ball and you put the ball in the, in the hole. So, <clears throat> honestly, I think that just LeBron – the only thing he really did in his that I think changed in his legacy is that he kind of diminished his legacy and that he's trying to uh, ask for respect um, and, and looking towards other for validation, you know, and, and I mean that in the most sincere way and that it does, nobody cares at the end of the day. Like if you care, that's why you're not the best. Like being the best at something is, is your own, uh, day after day just doing your own thing behind the scenes it has nothing to do with getting the validation from other people or getting the respect that i deserve if you walk around any street in any single place people will love you or hate you but they respect you there's no you can't take that from somebody else um so 
LeBron's always been respected. He's been actually more respected than probably any player in history that from before he even got in the league, three years before, four years before he got into the league, he was crowned King James, the best player to ever be known to play the game. It's this guy's the the second coming of of you know Jesus in, in the in the name of basketball. Um and you know, he was applauded. Uh, you know, he had money and uh, success way before he had anything on the court uh, NBA-wise. And so <clears throat> to say that he had the same, uh, you know, upbringing and, as some other players to, to have to get to the heights they got to, I think it's, it's, you know, quite a disservice. And the fact of how fast he was able to get into the league to pad the type of numbers he was able to do because teams literally transform their entire organizations to LeBron James. So I think it's just unfair to compare the players. And at the end of the day, you'll not only compare the, the statistics, the overall statistics, but the impact at the time, as well as how in a small period of time you affect the game in a large way, as opposed to a large period of time you affect the game in a small way. And that's just the difference to me in, in, in Jordan and, and LeBron is that Jordan <clears throat> really didn't ask for it. He just kind of did all that. You know, he, he didn't have, a you know, somebody before him to say, you know, this is or show this is the way you got to do it. You know, this is the way you got to do it. Everybody ha- said they had an idea, but he transformed the way that uh, basketball was seen all over the world. And then everybody else is kind of following suit. So. It's really hard to say that just on basketball, LeBron is better than, than Jordan. It's not really true. You know, LeBron hasn't done six for six, six in a row of MVP finals. Um, and even on those teams, it's he might have put up the numbers, but not only the timing as well as the numbers, as well as the amount that the team would put on their back offensively and defensively throughout their entire career, I just don't see the same impact that LeBron had on his teams, not had on any team or would have, but had on his team as opposed to uh, Jordan had on <clears throat> Jordan had on any of his teams. So at the end of the day, not to bring this too, too long, but uh, I think LeBron just kind of cemented again that he will always be the second best player of all time at the end of the day because of how he just can't accept not being the greatest Uh you know, everybody's told him he's the greatest from the beginning. He's lived up to that bill as best you can, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, what he's done for basketball has not been helpful in the fact that the game doesn't doesn't really flow on both ends of the court as it used to, you know, and I think he has a large contributing factor to that. Um, but, yeah, sorry. End of the day, I think it's great for all the players in the Lakers, not just LeBron. I think it's amazing. Anthony Davis got to win his first ring. KCP, Rondo comes back and gets another ring. You know, Kuzma gets his first ring. There's so many players on the team. Dwight Howard gets his first ring. You know, there's so many players on that team that went to get a ring, not only with LeBron, but for themselves to cement their own and to to create their own, uh, you know, footing in the league or cement their own legacy as a Dwight Howard. So um, there's a lot of factors that go into that win. And, uh, you know, LeBron might have put up the numbers, but I still think that Anthony Davis, you know, definitely was in that in the running for being the MVP for for the finals. You know, I, I don't see how 
<clears throat> there isn't a, you know, a conversation at least about that. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, great job Lakers. Uh, not saying anybody handed it to them, but I don't think this is the toughest matchup for them. Uh, if you look across the board and, and, and what the bubble had to offer uh, on if, if it was a, you know, not just East versus West tournament because there were so little teams to create that. But uh, if there was just a, <clears throat> whoever made it in, they created a, you know, a bracketed structure where every team plays against every because it's not travel. There's nothing really holding these people back from uh, going and having interconference battles uh, or I'm sorry, <clears throat> Eastern and Western conference, you know, playing against each other and maybe having a Western Western conference uh, final just because uh, with lesser teams in the bubble, I think it's a lot easier to maybe uh, make it a fair competition. But uh, yeah, it ended up how it ended up. Uh, I thought the Heat were really beaten up, really tough to see. I, I, if I would have known that, I wouldn't have said Heat in seven. I probably would have agreed with, uh, you know, Lakers in six or Lakers in five. But a uh, great fight by them and uh, really loved how it ended up being, a, you know, a competitive game at the end. Yeah, man. All right. Well, Congratulations to Spolstra. Probably doesn't feel like he deserves it, but Eric Spolstra um, pretty much cemented his legacy as one of the better coaches in the NBA. He's been in the league um, close to 25 years because he's been doing it since he's a pup. And the way the Lakers organize, uh, the Heat, the Miami Heat, the way their organization operates, he he might be there another 25 years. I mean, he's, he's you know, I think he's kind of a made man and, and the way he continues to coach good teams and do more with less and do more with more um, solidifies his legacy as a good coach. Now, back to the subject at hand. Um, that was a pretty fully loaded diatribe and I've never, I think this is the first time on this show where I have agreed with you as much as I disagree. <laughs> that is, it is, it is a very, very unique, um, uh, statement you made where I, I, I was ready to push back, but, I'm, but you're not entirely wrong, but, I, um, allow me to indulge and bear with me on this one in high school. There's two girls up for prom queen, right? Everyone thinks one girl should be it. Everyone thinks the other girl should be it. I don't know. One girl gets prom queen. She gets a lot of blowback from everybody else because she got she got prom queen. All right. Um, Jorge, Jorge Masvidal, MMA, fights Alaya Quinta. Razor, razor, close decision. The judges give it to Alaya Quinta, and the fans rain down on Alaya Quinta with booze. Mixed martial arts? The prom? Jason, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what the hell does one thing have to do with the other? The one thing they have in common is because somebody else put them on that pedestal. It generated hate and criticism and people, people's desire to see them fail and do, uh, do poorly when it's not on them. <laughs> yes, was LeBron James crowned the king? Yes. Um, did he kind of put a little bit on that on himself? Probably. Yeah. When you get a tattoo of a crown, that means you acknowledge it. I think I agree with you in the sense that making a statement revolves around what everybody else thinks, as opposed to what you think and your self-respect and earning uh, a different a different level of respect. When when everybody's gone, you can sit in the room and be like. I think I got it and I think I did it. And I, and the part where I disagree was because with you is I think that people think it's one or the other. And Le LeBron James, it's a unique situation where it's both. He had something to prove to his doubters. I mean, and he also had something to prove to himself. And I think 
he he can sit in his castle or, where, or his his big old mansion somewhere with a big smile on his face. Now back to the Jordan thing. Jordan is very very difficult to compare to because when you make six finals in eight years and and one of those years he wasn't in the league and the other he came in late and and six MVPs against the level of competition. Now, I'm not, we're not even, Rob, we're not even talking about the finals, right? We're talking about just to get to the finals. We're talking about the Pistons. We're talking about the Knicks. Two teams that probably made the league invent the flagrant foul. Uh, we're talking about Reggie and the Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, uh, Indianapolis Pacers, Indiana Pacers. We're talking about uh, Shaq, uh, the Orlando Magic. We're talking about this, this ton of teams before we even talk about the Jazz, before we even talk about the, the Phoenix Suns, before we even talk about the Los Angeles Lakers where Magic Johnson was at the, kind of at the near end, before we talk about Clyde the Glide and the Portland Trailblazers, before we talk about a 62-win Seattle Supersonics team with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. So Jordan is a very, very cookie, uh, tough cookie to crumble. But with that being said, I always say right now he's not Jordan, but but I but like I said before, he's still got a he's I think he's still got two more wins, the rings to win. And if he wins two, T wins two more. He we're we're having a conversation here. So what does this do for his legacy? I think he takes one step closer and he passed a lot of people and I think I don't want to really talk about Jordan anymore because I think we both agree that's not even a conversation yet. Or if 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 you in your case might be never okay in my case um, I disagree with you when I when I say yet but this the part I agree with you is I co-sign because it's it's unfair to take this man's moment and cheapen it by saying you, you'll never be Jordan just I mean okay the goat goes to Jordan but last night and the day and this and the rest of this week belongs to LeBron King King James. Um, lastly. His entrepreneurship off the court, um, him be, him being able to deal with COVID, him uh, leading the charge of of co-signing on creating this bubble because we both know if LeBron wasn't down with this bubble, if he was just going to walk, I guarantee the rest of the league was going to walk, and that's that's a testament to the power this man has in this league. Um, creating a bubble, zero positive test. Zero positive tests, Rob. There are more positive tests in the White House <laughs> where you can't even you can't even get a picture of Abraham Lincoln while the Secret Service tackling you. <laughs> so, uh, to answer your question, this does a, a it is one giant step past a ton of players um, like Magic Johnson and like Larry Bird, and now he's I think he's in the conversation with Kobe between now and next year, which a lot of people still say no, and. Congratulations. Congratulations to the guy done it, who's, who's done it right. Anthony Davis, I thought was in a running for finals MVP, but he, he laid a golden goose egg um, in that one loss. Um, not Saturday, but the one before that. And I thought if it was, if it was between him and that, if there's a one-game one difference, that was probably it. Great job by the King, though. Triple-double, 28 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. Um, big up to Bam, man. You called it the beginning. Remember, we were talking about the beginning of the series. Like, don't forget about Bam. Whoo! Wow. Well, it's the first or second game he was back. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. If that, if I knew that they were down, they're one of the best veteran point guards, and their only inside presence. You know, it's an obvious. Mm-hmm. It's an obvious series one way, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, man. And hey, the Butler did it right. 
you picked uh, seven games. I picked five games to one, uh, uh, four games to one, and it was four games to two because the butler did it. That man, um, I have. You will never, ever talk about performances in a losing effort. There are so few you remember them by name, and I'm going to remember this for a long, long time. And the Miami Heat uh, players who got injured and, and who remained on that court um, to try to win this will remember this too. The brotherhood, the um, uh, what do you, what's the Shakespearean reference? The the uh, the battle of um, what is it? Saint Crispin. It says, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he today that, that sheds his blood for me shall be my brother. And that's all I want to say about that. Anything else, Rob? Oh, yeah. Man, it's a wrap for the NBA. And as these people are headed home, I'm very, very proud of what the NBA from, from Commissioner Silver all the way down, man. Let's move on to the NFL. There were some really, really exciting games this weekend, okay? Um, I, think there's about, I think there's about five um, teams left that are undefeated uh but before we talk about the undefeated teams rob what was the biggest upset you saw this weekend i think i'll go first on this and you go second my biggest upset was the miami dolphins beating the san francisco 49ers it was supposed to be jimmy g's comeback you know kittle looked uh, relatively healthy they have a pretty good receiving core their their front five block really well their defense is still stout and and that meant very little to nothing to the harvard boy Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> the Conor McGregor on steroids, lit them up for 350 plus yards, did not care. And the game was over before it even started at the half. That's my biggest upset of the week. What was yours, Rob? Um, mine was uh, pretty notable. I thought it was uh, the Raiders versus the Chiefs. Um, I watched a good deal of the game. And yeah, the end of it was great. You know, it was a good high, high level battle. Um, I thought when I was watching the game, I really thought that the Raiders were, you know, a really well-coached team again. You know, it looks like John Gruden really has everything tight over there. They got rid of a lot of named secondary players, and their secondary looks really tight, really fast. Uh, you know, it's – and they got a lot of bodies up front on both sides. Uh, great quarterback, great running back. Uh, it's going to be a great team to watch. I really can't uh, look forward to it. But uh, it was one of the times where you understand that you know, a head coach that really does well. You're with, I'm still with you, baby. Go ahead. A head coach that really does well with, um, uh, you know, with their with their quarterback offensively. You know, can can really stifle a defensive uh, a defensive quarterback. So, I mean, uh, uh, on the defense can stifle the other team's quarterback, and that's what you need to to understand how to disrupt the quarterback in Patrick Mahomes because he the, he definitely is susceptible to teams. Uh, um, you know, whether it's blitzing or uh, just taking out their, you know, their running game or taking out their underneath coverages, uh, underneath, uh, you know, options, it makes it uh, really difficult for him. And he has to, you know, use everything he can to, you know, pinpoint deep throws against good coverage. So um, really, really well coached game, I thought. Yeah, man. And you know, the crazy thing is the only people that didn't think it was an upset were the Raiders. I, I mean, clearly, when you see when you see the way they've been playing every every regular season game, even though, including the loss to the Buffalo Bills, their only loss, they brought they bought into whatever sales pitch John Gruden was selling. The dude um, had to get used to this new wave of players. You know, I mean, he came from this kind of school of hard knocks where um, he wasn't a hardcore disciplinarian, but but he wasn't into babying people. 
You know, he was one of those guys where, where he was really, really good with personalities. But when it came came time to play, he, he'll go, he'll come to your face and say, "We don't have time for we don't have time for tears. We ain't got time for excuses. Either you do or do not." And I think he still keeps that philosophy where, you know, some of the, some some of these 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 athletes in every sport, um, probably not. You know, Gruden might not be their cup of tea. So. I love your upset. I love your upset better than uh, better than mine. Even though mine was like, um, I don't. I don't think a lot of people saw the Miami Dolphins coming. Even, even though, I'm pleasantly surprised for the coach that you and I we've been talking about this guy uh, for so Flores for so long. Um, remember last year, like they lost a bunch of games, but they they ended up winning four of their last five, and that just shows they play for this guy. They they won. They won to stop. You know. Um, Stand in front of a car for this dude. So that's the kind of coach you want to play for. And they're really showing. I'm very, very happy for the Dolphins. Congratulations to them this weekend. Um, all right. There are five undefeated teams that are left. We're going to do... Um, was, actually, no. I'll save that for a quick question. I'll save that for the end for a quick question. Let's move on to uh, the team we load the most, but actually the quarterback I respect the most. Da- Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know if you saw it, and I'll probably put it up on the edit. Maybe some highlights. Just had this this gruesome-looking thing happen to his ankle. ankle. And the close-up, Rob, I don't know if it's because his shoe came halfway off or just or if that, that – tell me, what did you see? Did, did that look for real? I don't real? think the shoe came off. Whew. Let's just say that. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess my question to you, Rob, is: um, Do right now? I believe they're two and four, or two and three. I'll, I'll double check that. Do you see them? I predicted if they had Dalton, they would finish ten and six in the beginning of the season. Do you? Does how do you see them going? Uh, the Cowboys moving on with Dalton. Uh, I think the NFC is wide open yet again. You know, I, I don't know how that team comes and does anything successful when they lose one of their most successful offensive players. Everybody says it's Ezekiel Elliott. Honestly, I think that Dak Prescott has been like, you know, dragging this team forward with with how their defense is playing. Got to go out there and do it again. I know offensive line works hard. You know, I know, you know, Zeke is trying to get his money every day. And I know, you know, they got great wide receivers, but it just feels like they needed Dak Prescott to to make that team go forward. And then on top of that, their defense was like non-existent at all. So, and the fact that the Giants could put up 34 points against them when they haven't even, you know, they've been shut out once. They've put up like less than 15 points, like three times a season. And they can put up 34 points and 17 points in the first quarter. It's just you know, what is that team doing? Yeah. Um, but yeah, without Dak Prescott, I just see them falling all the way to the bottom of the NFC East. Honestly, I think the Eagles come up and, and win the division now, um, as bad as they've been. Um, the giants don't have a chance still. They just don't have the talent for it. And the Redskins, I mean, they're just pretty bad too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the Eagles, the Washington uh, maybe the Cowboys team. can stay in there, but I mean, they haven't put any, you know, separation in the division, you know, with all their, you know, winning and losing antics of being 500, you know, they, they really, they haven't done anything to separate themselves. So they're putting in a backup quarterback. They're going to have to lean real heavily on that run game and uh, teams are going to stack the box. So uh, I really think that Philadelphia has the best chance just that they could snap out of their turnover production, you know, just to 
play decent vol- uh, t- decent football, they can really do well. Yeah, it's a it's a two horse race in the NFC East, aka the NFC least. You know, Philadelphia had a tie with Cincinnati, but I think that tie is going to probably be enough to beat the Dallas Cowboys. I predicted a ten and six finish with Dalton, but I think it's going to be more like nine and seven. But I see the Eagles probably finishing nine and nine six and one, and by winning percentage, we'll probably win this. Um, I want to convey uh, Stephen A. Smith is on first take Monday morning, um, conveying his personal disgust about um, Jerry Jones being you know the biggest sympathizer for his injury but at the same time didn't didn't give uh, Dak the money he wanted now you and I thought Dak should have just taken the taken the the five-year and run you know but he wanted the four-year whatever and this and that and but to Dak's argument and to Stephen A. Smith's argument if that were Tony Romo he would have got his money if that were Tony Romo, he would have got his money. Dak, until this ankle injury, hasn't even had so much as a, a a paper cut. He's one of the most durable individuals I've ever seen. Mobile quarterback going out there, sometimes not sliding. Some maybe he should have damn well slid yesterday, especially against the Giants. Not the team you want to do, you know, you want to do like a whole bunch against. Like even Lamar Jackson knew his situation on Sunday. He's like, nope, I'm not running. <laughs> I don't need to do all kinds of stuff to beat this team. I'm going to be safe. And that's and maybe Dak, when he comes back, if he comes back, no, when he comes back, he'll be a little bit more careful. But consider this. One of the most durable quarterbacks in the NFL um, has already proven, you know, already made the playoffs twice, has already won playoff games. And at a young age, twenty, and still in his 20s, doesn't get his contract. Tony Romo. Well, he got a $31.4 million franchise tag, so thank God for that. But Tony Roma, at 32 years old, got a contract for $108 million, $25 million signing bonus, $55 million guaranteed. At 32 years old, that had a reputation, if not pattern, for being, what's the, wor- what's the word we can use? That's not too insulting. No, Insurance. screw that. Brittle. Okay? Brittle. The guy, I mean, it's uh, probably has turf toe from running too fast and gets his money. And that To me, Stephen A. Uh, pointed out something like that, and a lot of people thought Dak should have took the contract. But in Dak's defense, I thought he um, – big up to my man Sass making an argument for that, and I think I'm a co-sign with him on that. Um, what you just said, they're going to miss him. I mean, so far this season, 68% completion percentage, um, 1,856 yards passing on nine TDs, four INTs, but I thought two of them were kind of like bad routes. So um, he's one of these quarterbacks that makes you worry because you don't see the best of him until the second half. And you know you ain't going to win a championship having to play from behind, right? I mean, there's a reason why you got yeah. all those fourth quarter comebacks, Rob. <laughs> why? Because you're behind. This is the one thing I got to Go ahead. I, yeah, I agree, but this is the one thing I got to add to that is when you look at all the best quarterbacks, yeah, they might be able to, you know, mm-hmm. start off a game with a good league, but most of the time, mm-hmm. especially the the mixture of the coach's play call as well as the the um, the chances that you take early on in the game when a team is, you know, perfectly in great condition and not fatigued at all, uh, as opposed to what you do in the second half. As a high high level quarterback, you're supposed to be good in the second half. You're supposed to be good in third third down situations short re-arded situations you're supposed to be good in two minute drills and you know in the red zone that for me i'd rather have a quarterback like that and like let's have a team that's got a good decent running back a couple good uh you know special teams players to get the ball down the field you know a good speedy wide receiver you know all those things mixed in with a quarterback that can work a two-minute drill and And that's what you need 
and a yeah, running a back. Running we don't back. need yeah. Cabo Zeke. We need Zeke Zeke, exactly. man. You need, uh, what's his name? You don't need Christian McCaffrey, no offense, but you can take, uh, what's his name, Brown, that's, that's playing right now and who's killing it, Mike Brown. That guy is, you know, a little bowling ball, knocking through people for first downs. You don't need a guy who's going to break a 25-yard run that gets paid 25 mil a year. You know, that's where, you know, understanding the GM aspect of the game is so interesting where, you know, you really can understand how a value means a lot and, and, and how effective you and efficient you can make a certain player means so much uh, as opposed to just get the best player at every position. You know, it's just not f- uh, fiscally yeah. possible, you know. Steve, yeah, Jerry Jones is Stephen Jones for the GM, huh? That could be one of those out of the frying pan and into the fire type things, but mm-hmm. yeah. So um, a lot of fun games this weekend, and we're gonna we're gonna revisit the NFL on on Q and A, and also on Shame and No Shame. Let's move on to mixed martial arts. Small event this weekend, not a lot, not really worth watching in its entirety. Though me, you know me, I watch everything, and me, I'm. You probably you probably watch the main event, and then, you know, of course, maybe that um, this dude Buckley the the video went viral, and you're like, okay, there's a match I could watch in its entirety, right? It's only one round. Um, so, Rob, with that being said, with little a lot we watched this weekend, what match stuck out to you this weekend? Um, I'd like to go first. I think um, Corey Sanhagen. Good bounce back from losing. Um, if you remember, he, he lost to um, Aljamain Sterling, who came out with like a house of fire, just fits, fists, whips to the ground, submission attempts until Sanhagen, to his credit, didn't tap. <laughs> he chose to sleep. <laughs> so big up to him because I knew this guy was a savage and I knew he was in a division for one reason and one reason only to be the champion. And Marlon Moraes, who's like a top three, possibly a number two, you take him out the first round and you uh, that... Sh- that um, that shot to the temple in the manner that he did, a spinning heel kick. Wow, that says a lot. That says a lot. And big congratulations to him because Marlon Moraes, we both know, is not an easy out, man. That is a, that is a Mark Henry, um, you know, part of that camp. And those dudes are savages. They, ju- they just don't get knocked out. <laughs> so, True. yeah, big up to Sanhagen. But I thought for people really watching closely, I believe he broke his orbital bone after the first round. So I think. Morais is doing a uh, really, really just trying to protect and cover up. And I thought that left open, you know, a kick he didn't see coming. Because when you cover up, you think it's going to go to the body. After the, the leg kicks and the body kicks, he just went high and boom, you know. And that temple gets, you know, shakes your equilibrium. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's enough. You get hit, hit once or twice on the ground. That's it. ABC, you later. Who, what was your fight of interest over the, week, over the weekend? Uh, yeah, it was definitely Buckley uh, and his opponent because yeah. I'm not going to butcher his name. Kasang- but, uh, I'll say it for you, Kasangane. Okay, his yeah. name is Impa Kasangane. Kasangane. Man, he was eight, no savage. Yeah, you know, both of them had great records. I definitely like to see that before I look at uh, any, you know, lower level fight. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, it looked like a really interesting fight. You know, after the first round, it seemed like they were both, you know, not trading very much, but you know doing a good job of making each other pay and uh yeah it was just very interesting very tactical for as uh you know as uh strong and as athletic as they could be so it was just it looked like it was going to be a really interesting fight and uh you know then that the greatest kick knockout of all time in, in, in 2020 <laughs> so um Let so me yeah tell you it was just you... great to see and yeah glad to see some some guys in the bottom are, are coming through with some flashy stuff and not just the same old, same old, you know. They're trying to get that bonus, man. When you're getting paid 20 to show, 20 to win, how about an extra, extra, some extra cheddar cheese, another 50K, man. Yo, 
Dana White came up to him and said, look, I got the guys in the back saying you should just get all four bonuses. <laughs> just give them the 200K. <laughs> and he, dude's like, I got a bonus. Dana, stop playing with me. Stop playing with me because uh, congratulations, he had a baby. You know, so, I mean, a little 50K when you have a child makes you think a little bit um more happier, pleasant thoughts. Maybe you... Maybe you get that house with the room, you know, maybe you expand that room. Maybe you paint that room blue or pink, depending on what the child is. I'm being sexist like that. And congratulations to him. Cool, man. So listen, I compiled a list, ladies and gentlemen. Rob's going to give me some feedback on my list, but I had to do it because everyone was like saying this is the greatest head kick knockout in mixed martial arts and definitely the UFC. So the question is, is it the greatest head kick knockout? But my answer is... You're going to see in a minute because this is Jason DeBellius' top five head kick knockouts in UFC history. Number five, Rob. Wax on, wax off. You know this guy. This is Leola the Dragon Machida facing Randy Couture. And here comes the switch kick. And out flies the tooth. Finishes him off. Randy Couture later on retired. Announced his retirement in this match. But this was so Karate Kid-esque. Look at that. Boom. Reminds you of the Karate Kid, right? Off one leg, off the other. Machida, mm -hmm. head kick, knockout. Which leads me... Wow. Look at that. He's like, that's enough. Number four with a real Landau. Please stand up. Please stand up. This is Lando Venata. Wow. Knocks out John McDessie with a spinning heel kick and a walk-off. He knew before he even hit the ground. He's like, do I need to pounce on him? Nah. I'm good. Good night. Number three, Mr. Buckley has arrived. The original, the real Black Panther. You want to catch my foot? You get that with the other one. I got two of them. You want to hold my foot? I got a foot just like it. Spin me. Woo. Sleep me a river. And another guy who was out before he even hit the ground, and that's my number three. And Rob, you're wondering with a kick like that. That's number three. What the hell is number two? And what the hell is number one? I shudder to think, but leave it to the educated feet of Edson Barbosa. Watch this. Boom! Spinning heel kick on Terry Adam. Terry Adam goes as stiff as a board. And Barbosa's like, what? You think you think he's number three? You think he's number two? You think he's number one? Nope, it's me. I'm number one. Nope. I shouldn't be number two. Nope. Nope. Number one. I should be number one, Jason. You're full of it. I'm number one. In fact, I'm gonna show you again. See? Number one. Barbosa, I love you, but you're not number two number one on this. You're number two because this is my number one. Deck the halls with Uriah Hall on Adam Cello. This happened in the house, the ultimate fighter with Son and, and John Jones and oh my goodness. Taekwondo. Cho you can <laughs> That's all you get like Street Fighter, says Uriah Hall. And this was scary as heck. Dana White's like, dude, I'm gonna get sued for this. I'm going to get sued for this. And Chella's like, what happened? And it was such a bad kick. Everyone was struck silent. And even Uriah Hall was like, dude, I'm so sorry. And I want you to hear the sound on this. That is my top five MMA head kick knockouts in the history of the UFC. Rob, your thoughts on my top five? And give me one or two honorable mentions. I mean, I, I loved him. Uh, definitely not anything I'll replace, but uh, <clears throat> I can't remember the exact fight, but I definitely remember an Anderson Silva one. Oh, uh, a beat Vitor Belfort. 
Yeah. He just dropped yeah. his hands and then, and then right up the middle. This is my hand, not my foot. <laughs> right down the middle. Yeah, it was. It was a lot. Yeah, that was a a, a tough one because they all thought that, you know, Vitor was going to be doing the same thing that Chael Sonnen would do to him if uh, you know either one of them got the chance. So. Ooh, I was a and betting just man. Came out with an early one. I was a betting man that that was yours. I was a betting man that that was yours because I think we saw that together. We saw that like on some kind of replay, and he was fighting Vitor and, and Anderson Silva had this thing like, once I got your timing, both hands go down, and when both hands go down, something really bad is gonna happen next, <laughs> right up the middle. And that was a that was actually two weeks, two and a half, three weeks before Machida knocked out Couture. Same camp. Um, same, same, uh, black house gym. So maybe Machida saw something Anderson, you know, and was like, you know what? I think I could do that too, except I'm going to do a switch kick, which is why I put Machida ahead of Silva, but quality of competition. Vitor was starching people. So he could have easily been number five. Let's not forget honorable mention, uh, Gabriel Gonzaga, uh, crow copped, Mirko crow cop with a head kick with 10 seconds left. Um, he was kind of out on his feet. You know, he was he had top position, had a little grounds and pounds. So when the rep stood him up, I mean, I thought Crow Cop was a little out to begin with, but oof. oh, James Gallagher um, against Ricky Bandejas, Bellator. J James Gallagher, uh, crap talking Irishman, got Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music. For all of you that watch wrestling that saw Shawn Michaels at sidekick, he got sweet chin music by. Ricky, relative unknown, Ricky Bendejas. So that's another honorable mention. And maybe I'll put those up on the highlights or maybe not. <laughs> so, Rob, that was pretty cool, man. So here we go. This is our segment of, I believe it's called, To Shame or Not To Shame. 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 Oh, Rob. Rob, to shame or not to shame? Jordan comparisons after LeBron wins, after LeBron wins the title. Shame or no shame? Uh, no shame. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, hate the conversation about it. Um, <clears throat> I just hate people's positioning you know instead of having the conversation about it they're saying that lebron is automatically better than jordan which is just a disservice to what jordan has done and the the pedestal that he's created for other players to get to you know it's just knocking them off because oh lebron won another championship that's what's going to happen because he's been in the league for 20 years you know so no shame but cool shame to those who take a bad position me, I Rob, I go shame, man. I mean, they're up three games to one on Friday night. LeBron has a chance of winning Friday night. What goes back into the movie theaters for reviewing Space Jam? And of course, Sunday night, got to have the Jordan conversation. Can't even give the guy a chance to enjoy his championship, his fourth championship, his fourth MVP. We already know he's not the GOAT. The GOAT is Jordan, but that night and this weekend belong to LeBron James. Rob, shame or no shame as we move on? To the next segment, the Vikings going for it on fourth and one against the Seattle Seahawks when the Seahawks were up by five. Uh, absolutely shame. Um, football is not a game to be played uh, in a trick fashion. You know, you the entire game is made so that you move up your 
field positioning. So if you got to get a trick play on fourth down, you didn't do enough on the first three. That's like the whole point of it. So, uh, you know, they ruined their chances of, of giving the other team great field position and they lost the game. It's just what happens. So I don't know if it's Mike Zimmer because he's a defensive-minded coach or it's when Kirk Cousins came in, but shame on that whole team because they've been throwing out easy wins for <laughs> since they both got there. I say shame, 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 shame a fool. If you are lucky enough to have a day when Russell Wilson or possibly the runaway MVP is having an off day, you take the field goal. You take the eight-point lead. Because even if he scores at the end, he still has to have a two-point conversion, which, by the way, they did not get. But since they didn't convert on the fourth down, since they thought they could just end the game there, you took a risk, you failed, and shame on you because you gave my runaway MVP a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance on two fourth and tens. Rob, shame or no shame? The Giants and Jets starting 5-0. and Well, 5-0 and in the loss column, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, 0-5. Yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> you know, it's an obvious shame because it's the, one of the biggest markets for sports in, uh, any of, in all of these sporting, uh, the top five sports or top four sports in America. So uh, the fact that they're not doing well, you know, I think it goes again to some sports owners need to be governed as well. Just because they bought the thing doesn't mean they have the best interest for the growth of the sport as well as the, the fans who pay the money to get their sport to be something in their, in their community. Rob, there's a reason why I'm a kid from Brooklyn, but I'm a Buffalo Bills fan because that, those, those teams can hit or miss, and sometimes they get, a, they get a play. The Jets haven't been good in my lifetime, and the Giants have been good too few, too few and far in between. I hope I remain a Buffalo Bills fan for the rest of my life, and I hope they, they go back to another super, four Super Bowls and live because what I'm seeing right now, 0-10 by these two franchises, you guys should be a uh, shame. Shame. Hey, Big old market Jay. like that. That was uh, to shame or not to shame. Pretty good segment. Got three three decent questions in and three three legit answers. Um, and now the next segment, ladies and gentlemen, is called Quick Question, Rob. You ready? Quick question. Is the AFC North the best division in the NFL? Um, I put it up there with the top four. Uh, AFC North, AFC South, uh, uh, AFC, uh, NFC North, NFC South, and uh, AFC West. I say yes. But with the NFC West being a very, very close second, got to give the Niners. I mean, if the Arizona Cardinals are last in that league, that, that's, a, that's a good problem for that, league, for that division. Quick question, Rob. Is Chase Claypool the best receiver out of the draft? Uh, at the moment, yes, because he's getting the most opportunities. But I think overall, you know, in a year or two, I don't believe he will be. But great wide receiver. I say yes. Right now, he's, he's very, very – he's razor close to being a wide out one. Uh, we talked about the the guy from the Dallas Cowboys, um, who's complimenting Amari Cooper. What the heck is his name again? Oh, CD Lamb. Yeah, CD Lamb, another good pick. So, yeah, but we had a we had a whole bunch a good wide receiving core. But right now, I say yes. Um, quick question, NFL: Who is your MVP after Week Five? I uh, Russell Wilson. It's not even you know a question. He's had a couple of really close victories, so. I say Russell Wilson, but the Buffalo Bills are playing later uh, later on um, against the Titans, and they went we they win. If they beat the Titans, then I'll I'd like to have another conversation. But but until then, make mine Wilson. Qu- quick question, Rob: 
Who wins between Brian Ortega and Korean Zombie coming up this Saturday? Yeah, difficult to say. Uh, I think, uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I think probably Brian Ortega. Uh, you know, maybe he actually forced the game to the ground or in his favor. So we'll see. I say Brian Ortega with you. Quick question, Rob. Does LeBron James deserve finals MVP? Yeah, I mean, he's consistent, you know, so puts up big numbers. Got to be the guy. Yeah, I say yes. And I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people he doesn't win without, but those people sure as hell didn't do anything without him either, <laughs> right? You consider Kyrie Irving, you consider um, Anthony Davis, you know, with the Pelicans and all that stuff. So, all right, that's the end of our quick question. Rob, we're, um, I do not – go ahead, Rob. I was just going to say, I got to say, though, and this is what I was pointing at before with the whole uh, – you know, is LeBron greater than, than Jordan thing? No, uh, note that LeBron, Jordan stayed on one team. You know, that team wasn't cra- crafted to be around him for a very long time. And LeBron, every single team he's gone to, the entire organization has crafted every single player and coach around what he wants and what he needs to f- make him the best player. So I think there's a little bit of extrapolation here when we talk about, oh, LeBron came in and he made a team so great. A team was created for him over years and years and years of disappointment in Cleveland for him to succeed and do the best at what he needs to do. So I'm just trying to put that out there that, you know, just let's keep this within bounds. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, that actually makes me give him even more credit. There were two Cleveland teams. The team the team that he got to the finals before he went to Miami, mm-hmm. he, he dragged that team to the finals kicking and screaming. Absolutely They're like, dude, did. dude, I want to go to Cabo. Did. Dude, we on a boat. I don't want to go to the finals, LeBron. We we on vacation, bro. <laughs> and, uh, but the, the reason why yeah. that team lost is because it was not crafted in a way to win a championship. Right. It was crafted in a way that, LeBron James is going to be the best. And once you shut down LeBron James, which the what the, the Spurs did for no other team really did, mm-hmm. the Spurs actually shut down LeBron James for however long they did, four games straight up, and nobody else in that team could beat him. That's why those mm-hmm. teams never worked out with LeBron in, in yep. Cleveland. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not nah. saying he's not a great player. I'm just saying that yeah. you know it was many, many years LeBron was given at a professional level the keys to the city and did nothing with them, just like a lot of other players did plenty with them. And then organizations threw, shit, threw stuff at his feet. And then, you know, eventually they create a way for him to win. Just saying. Yeah. Hey, you, you know what? And, and as far as destination, remember the whole be like Mike thing in the 90s, man? There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with saying being like LeBron, right? Guy, you know, got hand, like you said, no at, at a very young age got handed millions of dollars, got handed the keys of the city, you know, and you, you a teenager, man, you want to be out there maybe playing rich, rich, you know, rich, rich dude, or, or, or this and that acting like a G man. He, he, he still kept that same, that same attitude, married his high school sweetheart. You know what I'm saying? Two decades later, same marriage. No, they ain't doing nobody dirty. You know, you never see LeBron in the news in a negative way. Uh, sent 1100 kids to college for free, man. You know what I mean? The man is doing more, for Americans than a lot of American politicians are, you know? So, I mean, we're not, we know we're not talking about the goat off the court. (laughs) I I get that. But I mean, 
as far as wanting to be like someone, why, why the heck not? You know, and and like you said, he 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 assembles this crew of people. But to his credit, and very much like you, Rob, as a, you're an elite athlete, I remind people you're a professional beach volleyball player. You do not keep non-essentials around you. You know, you have a practice group, you have a training group. You don't, you don't, you, you keep it tight. If you if if someone in a group is not producing to to the to the cause. They're out of there. You 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 don't and I and I give LeBron credit for that. I mean, he helps a lot of people, but as far as how he travels and being productive, um, I think you can relate in a lot of ways as you know as an elite athlete. So big up to that. Um, I don't have a sports movie of the week. Um, I was on vacation. In fact, I was off a social network <laughs> for a rec. Probably ties my record. I was off my, I was off a social network for six straight days. It was insane. So, um, but shout out. Final shout out. I want to give a shout out to the NBA once again for the bubble. Zero positive test out of all the sports where people are not being responsible and positive tests are popping up here and there. Um, and if the AVP could find a way to do it, zero positive tests with less money, I'm not going to say broke because I don't associate Donaldson and broke in the same sentence. If the AVP can find a way to do it and people, you know, hang out amongst themselves off the court or whatever, I, I think. Football, football, they, they got to be a little bit more responsible. Baseball, they look like they're, they're you know, they're, they're, they're around, they're, they're circling the wagons on that. So congratulations to the NBA for an awesome way to finish the season. Yeah, I only can second that because the zero test, I don't know if they, you know, fudging the numbers or they just didn't get anything, but they, yeah. they either did it exactly right and everybody else got to figure out what they did uh, and, and we got to stick to that plan. Yeah, uh, and even had a or, phase to move their yeah. families in, right? I mean, right. how cool is that, right? I mean, because, you know, I know the, the concerns are, oh, these guys are, oh, they're going to be away from their family for like two months and this and that. And, and you know, it's weird, like everybody feels for them. And I don't want to sound like a heartless, you know, freak, but I did boot camp. <laughs> you know, I'm in basic training for like eight eight weeks and, you know, and another two and a half weeks for reception and another another three months for AIT, advanced individual training. So... You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not the biggest sympathizer with people who have to be away from my families, but I guess it's because um, I fail in that respect because I'm only reflecting my own personal selfish experience. So, um, cool, man. Hey, anything else? Come on, let's finish the way you know how to finish, Mr. Robert Simmons. <laughs> nah, man, nothing for me. Just stay happy, stay healthy, man. Stay happy, stay healthy. That is Rob's message, who loves all of you to death, but for me, I can't stand you, so I am out of here, all right? For all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad at Starbucks, for all of you on your desktop, you know how I do, who runs the world, old school, old school. For Rob, keep it McLean, McLean, I am Jason DeBeas, and we both say we're out of here. So long. Check out the Option Podcast on optionvb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.